This is the Ford Theater, a full hour of radio drama. Our play today, The Silver Cord, an unusual drama about an unusual mother. Christina, please try to understand, Mother. She comes from another generation. She's wonderful in her way, and you're wonderful in yours. There's room for both kinds in the world, isn't there? The Ford Theater, presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford, Mercury, and Lincoln cars, and Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches. The experience of three generations has proven Ford products are first. First in engineering, first in designing, first in value, first choice of eight million Americans. You can depend on Ford. As spokesman for the management of the Ford Theater, may we present the distinguished playwright, producer, and actor, co-author of State of the Union and Life with Father, Howard Lindsay. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Today's Ford Theater play caused a great stir when it was first presented on the Broadway stage. It deals in an unusual, powerful, and serious way with a subject that is traditionally regarded as a humorous one, the mother-in-law question. Sidney Howard's The Silver Cord, as adapted for the Ford Theater by Nancy Moore. Afternoon in winter. Scene, an attractive living room in the country house of David Phelps' mother. David has just returned after two years abroad. With him is Christina, his bride of five months. He has brought her home to meet his mother. Reclining in the easy chair is Hester, engaged to be married to Robert, David's younger brother. David, you and Robert don't look a bit like brothers. Well, we don't act much like brothers either, Esther. <laughs> That's what your mother says. Christina, we've all been guessing what David's wife would be like. Did you guess right? No. We knew you'd be nice, but not this nice. Oh, thank you. Hester, when are you and Robert going to be married? We haven't set the date yet. We waited for you two to get home. Will it be a big wedding? Well, if Mother has anything to do with it, it'll be big. She'll never get over my marrying Chris abroad. Darling, you don't think she'll hold it against me, do you? Oh, Mother never holds anything against anyone. There's Robert now. Robert, look who's here. Hello. Hey. Rob, you old son of a gun. We didn't expect you. Tell how are you? Fine. Fine. Couldn't be better. Here's Christina, Rob. So you're my new sister-in-law. Hello, Robert. Say, you did all right for yourself, didn't you, Dave? <laughs> so did you. How long have you been here, anyhow? Oh, half an hour. How's Mother, Rob? Oh, she's in fine form, isn't she, Hester? Uh-huh. She always is. You'll love our mother, Christina. I know I will. She should be back any time now. She'll drop dead when she sees you, Dave. So will everyone else. <laughs> Dave's always been the Greek god around here, Christina. Oh, cut it. He should be. I remember the time when I didn't think so. Well, when we were kids, we... Mother. Davey, Davey, boy. Hello, Mother. Davey, oh, darling, when did you come? And I wasn't <laughs> here. Oh, let me look at you. Two years, two whole years. You're well, aren't you? Mother, Oh, here's... do you think you're back at last? Was the crossing rough? Were you seasick? Oh, Davey, I'm so glad to see you. Uh, Mother, here's Christina. Christina. Davey's wife. How do you do, Mrs. Phelps? Oh, let me look at you now. 
Why, Davy, she's splendid. Perfectly splendid. I always knew you'd choose a lovely girl like this. Didn't I always say so? Well, I had to go to Europe to find her, though. Davy, boy, you have been working too hard. You look thinner. Oh, nonsense, Mother. I can't help worrying about these big boys of mine, Christina. It's an old habit I'll have to break. Davy has you to take care of him now, and soon Robin will have Hester. Did you skate, Rob? Couldn't. They've been cutting ice on the pond, and it's full of holes. Oh, I must have signs put up tomorrow. Remember that, everybody. Don't take the shortcut across the pond. Oh, Davy, you don't know how happy I am to have you home. Oh, Christina, if you only knew what it means to me to see all my plans and hopes for him fulfilled. I've dreamed of his being an architect ever since... Ever since? Ever since he built houses with blocks. I still have those blocks. It's true what Robin says. I saw what Davy had in him even then, and I brought it out. Seems a risky business. What seems a risky business, Christina? Well, the way families have of doing that. I don't understand. I see what Christina means. From blocks to architecture is a long guess. You might very easily have guessed wrong. What I say about children is have them, love them, and then leave them be. <laughs> I'm not sure that isn't a very profound remark, Hester. I'm afraid I can't agree with you. I didn't guess wrong for Davy. No, you certainly didn't, Mrs. Phelps. Well, I'm tired of being talked about. I'll take the bags upstairs. Oh, I thought you'd want your old room, Davy, so I put dear Christina in the little front room. Oh, but... you did that because I have the guest room, Mrs. Phelps, but they'll want to be together. I'll move out. No, no, dear. You're here for a rest, and I won't upset you. You've got to be taken care of. Davy and Christina understand. But, Mrs. Phelps, we... Chris. Yes, of course, we understand. <laughs> myself, Christina, and you and I can get acquainted. Yes, I'm glad, Mrs. Phelps. Oh, you're so pretty. I, well, I didn't think a lady scientist would be. I've never known one before. <laughs> I hope I'm not very different from other women. I've quite got over being afraid of you. Afraid of me? Oh, when my big boy cabled me that he was marrying a charming and talented research geologist. A biologist. Biologist. I, I, well, I thought, oh dear, how will I ever talk? <laughs> but now that I've seen you, I'm so proud to have you for a daughter. You're being very nice to me, Mrs. Phelps. Well, it isn't at all hard to be nice to you, dear. Now, tell me what your plans are. Well, we're going to live in New York, of course. Oh, dear. Couldn't you two choose a pleasanter place than New York? Well, it's the perfect place for David and me to work. For you to work? My fellowship is there at the Rockefeller Institute Laboratory. Oh, I didn't realize that you plan to continue with your work now that you're married. Oh, yes. Christina, don't be angry if I say this, but this work of yours, will it overshadow David's? Oh, no, Mrs. Phelps. David wants me to keep on with my experiments. <laughs> well, in my day, girls were immensely courageous if they taught school or gave music lessons. But nowadays, they're like you, independent and capable in every field and think nothing of it. But... Give us our due, Christina, we girls who didn't go out into the world. We made a great profession, which I'm afraid may be vanishing from the face of the earth. We made a profession of motherhood. Oh, David's told me what a wonderful mother you are. I'm not asking for credit or praise. I'm asking for something more substantial. Christina, don't take all my boy's heart. My dear Mrs. Phelps... You must know I would never come between a mother and her son. I promise you. 
Thank you, Christina. And now, now you won't go to New York, will you? Mrs. Phelps. Because that would be coming between mother and son. Oh, no, you're quite mistaken. It isn't only for me. I don't want to see David's career sacrificed. Sacrificed? Christina, I admire your ambition, but I... Well, I'm afraid your work could easily get in the way of Davy's career. But there isn't any conflict. May I tell you the plans I've made? I'm sure you'll see how much better they'll be for Davy. I own a very large tract of land, very beautiful for homes. We'll call it Phelps Manor. Davy will have charge. Davy will lay out the development and build the houses. He'll make his fortune, his reputation, and his place in the world. Yes, you but... know the competition in New York. What a long struggle it would be. And here with me to back him, it would be immediate success. But, Miss... And I haven't forgotten you, dear. Don't think I have. I'm chairman of our hospital in town. And we have a very nice little laboratory. I can arrange it so you can do all the research there you want to. I see. But a laboratory isn't enough, Mrs. Phelps. I'm working on a special project, and I must work with scientists in my own field of research. Oh, Christina, be honest. You're thinking of yourself, not of David. I'm thinking of both of us. Chris? Yes, David? Come on up and dress for dinner. Oh, David wants me, Mrs. Phelps. Yes, dear, run along. We'll talk more about this later. selfish. What? Am I? Should I just be a wife and mother and not a scientist at all? Oh, <laughs> you've been talking to mother. <laughs> yes, I have. And her whole life was for her children. Mine, well, children or not, I thought I still had a life of my own to live and the right to live it. Well, you have. Mother comes from another generation. She's wonderful in her way and you're wonderful in yours. There's room for both kinds in the world, isn't there? Well, I thought so. But your mother didn't feel any lack because she didn't have a career. I would, David. I admit I would. Maybe I'm an unwomanly woman. You? Am I? Well, I'm not just sure. Maybe if I kissed you, I'd find out. Oh, David. If you were any more of a woman, I couldn't take it. Oh, it's great to be home, Chris. I love this house, this room, this place. David... Do you mind my working in New York? Hmm? No, of course not. And you want to work there, too, don't you? Sure. Conquer the world. Build skyscrapers to the stars. You wouldn't rather build houses somewhere away from New York? Chris, what's the matter with you? Don't be so serious. I'm home. I want to enjoy every second of it. dinner, let's take a walk. Just you and I. Around the pond, maybe. All right, Hester. The house seems so full now. I love Christina and David, but you know. Sure. Hester, hmm? when Dave asked me a while ago where we were going on our honeymoon, I said I didn't know. But and I he... told you abroad, honey. Yes, but where abroad? Anywhere, I don't care. Just so it's with you. <laughs> well, I guess it will be. No one else. I never wanted to be with anyone before, Rob. Oh, here's Mother. Oh, the other's not down yet, Robin? Not yet, Mother. And I haven't even begun to dress. I'd better dash. Yes, you'd better. Cocktails in about ten minutes, I think. I'll be down in nine. <laughs> she does dash, doesn't she? 
so full of vitality. No wonder it's hard to make her rest while she's here. She dashes about some things, but not about others. I know. She won't decide things. She likes them up in the air. She likes last minute. Yes. Just now, not dressing till almost time. When you came in, we were talking about our honeymoon. She still won't make up her mind where she wants to go abroad. I can't understand it. I think she'd be full of plans. By the way, has she chosen her silver pattern yet? I want to put in an order. No, she hasn't. And she hasn't been house hunting either, or even said what kind of a house she wanted. I suppose that's the way modern girls are. I was old-fashioned. I still am. She leaves everything up to me. Robin. Yes, Mother? I've been wondering for some time, dear. I've hesitated to speak to you about it, but now I must. Robin, you don't seem happy. Don't I? I won't have you not being fair to Hester, son. But she does leave everything up to me. That's not what I'm talking about. Marriage takes a great deal of love. Either you don't love her enough or she doesn't love you. Could that be it, her disinterest in the details of your marriage, her lack of initiative? I don't know. I don't know either. But you know something's wrong. Yes. If Hester were only like you, you gave Dave and me an ideal of womanhood that Hester can't compete with, that's all. If you say that and you have said it, then do something about it, Robin. These things are better faced before marriage than after. What can I do? Be a man. Face the facts. You mean break off with her? Don't listen to me, Robin. Listen to your own heart. I want you both to be happy. Together, if that's the right way. Apart, if that's the way. You know the answer. I'll fill my glass with the top. That shaker isn't empty. It's a wonderful cocktail. Ooh. It's Robin's own recipe. David, let's drink a toast to Hester and Robert. We haven't drunk one to you and Dave yet, Christina. Yes, this one's for you, Chris. To Dave and Christina. May they have everything out of life they want. We already have. I'll say we have. Oh, Davy boy, I hope so. Chris? Yes? Let's tell Mother now. In front of everybody? Well, it won't hurt them to hear. Well, I don't mind if they don't. Mind what? It'll make Mother so happy. Will. A surprise Chris and I have for you. In about five months, I'm going to have a baby. Oh, Christina, how wonderful. Are you really? Well, Mother, isn't that a wonderful surprise? Of course, Davy. And Christina, I'm so happy for you. So happy. Have you a napkin there, Robin? I've spilled my cocktail all over my dress. <laughs> about our walk? I don't feel like a walk. Ate too much dinner, I guess. You hardly ate anything. Did he, Mrs. Phelps? Oh, it's too cold for a walk. I can't think why Christina and Davy had to go out. They probably wanted to be alone. Well, they can be alone without Davy's catching pneumonia. She dragged him out there even It was David who dragged her out, Mrs. Phelps, and if there's any worrying to be done, it's Chris and not David who's going to have a baby. Hester. I'm sorry if I've shocked you, but the truth is you both shocked me. How have we shocked you? By not being a great deal more thrilled over Christina's baby. When I wanted to talk about it during dinner, you both changed the subject, and you haven't even mentioned it since dinner. If you'll forgive my saying so, Hester, I'm not sure that an unborn baby is quite the most suitable topic of conversation. I'm darned if I see anything embarrassing about a baby. Neither does Mother. 
after it's born? I'm not ashamed of being old-fashioned, Hester. You ought to be ashamed of the way you've treated Christina. Hester. Never mind, Robin. Hester has a right to her own opinion. If you'll both excuse me, I think I'll go to my room. Oh, Mother, Hester didn't mean it. Hester, how could you? I don't know, but I don't care if I did. You're a guest in Mother's house. Oh, Rob, honey, I am sorry. I'll apologize. I should think you would. She's the last person in the world who deserves criticism. Rob, I'm a little tired of hearing about your mother. I'm not marrying her. I'm marrying you. And I love you, Rob. I do love you. When we have a house of our own. What house? Children of our own. I, I don't think I want children. You will. Have you thought any more about our honeymoon, where we'll live when we get back? <laughs> oh, is that all that's wrong? No, darling, not since before dinner. You don't care where we live, do you? I don't. I don't. I just want to live with you. Why won't you talk seriously about our marriage? Marriages are things of feeling. They're better not talked about. You live them. Real marriages can stand discussion. Rob, what's the matter? I'll talk as seriously as you like. Do I love you? Yes. Am I going to make you a good wife? I hope so, though I may make mistakes. Are you going to be happy with me? I hope that too, but you'll have to answer it for yourself. I can't answer it. Why can't you? Because I'm... I'm not sure of it. Aren't you, Rob? These things are better faced before than after. What are you trying to say? Are you... Are you sure you want to marry me? How can I be? No. As Mother said before dinner, marriage takes a lot of love. So you talked this over with your mother? Isn't that natural? And what did she have to say? It was all wise and kind. She thinks, just as I do, that, that we don't love each other quite enough to... I mean, at least she thinks we should consider very carefully before if we... If you want to be free, if you really want it, then it's all right. I'll let you go. Don't worry. Only you've got to say so. You've got to. Answer me, Rob. Do you want to be rid of me? guess that's answer enough. Here's your ring. Hester, don't do anything we'll be sorry I'll for later. I'll have an easier time of it if you keep away from me. I want to save my face if I can. Hester. All right, if you won't go, I will. Don't Hester. touch me. Go away. Hester. Go away. Don't say any more. Just get out. Oh, that's Christina. Come here. <laughs> it's Hester. Is she? Stop it. Tell Rob to go away. Tell him to go Hester, away. Hester, stop it. Do you hear me? I'm trying to you only send these awful people out. Chris, what's got into her? I must say in my day, girls practice a little self-control. Hester, what on earth brought this on? She and Robin must have had some little quarrel. Well, Rod's gone. That's funny. You'd better see how he is, Davy. His nerves aren't strong. Such scenes aren't good for him. Go upstairs, Davy. All right. Mrs. Phelps. Yes, Hester? Rob has just broken our engagement. Not really. Hester, what do you mean? I mean what I say. Why, Hester, I'm terribly sorry. It won't do you the least bit of good to pretend you're sorry. I don't intend to stand here and allow any hysterical girl to be rude to me, Hester. All I want to know is why you talk Rob into jilting me. I had nothing to do with Robin's change of heart. You did, and I demand an explanation. Very well, then, since you insist. I did advise my son to break with you because of your indifference. Oh. Because he came to me and said you neither love him nor make any pretense of loving him. Rob said that? He even said you must have misunderstood his friendship, that he never wanted to marry you. No. And I told him to risk anything, anything rather than such an appalling marriage. I don't believe a word of it. You may believe it or not. Christina, do you believe I took advantage of Rob? Of course not. 
So, you take Hester's side, Christina. I'm going. I'm going right this minute. There's a train at 9 in the morning. I'll have the car for you at 8.30. I'm leaving tonight. There's no train tonight. I won't stay here. I'll go to a hotel in town. You'll do nothing of the sort. You've got to think of appearances in a small town. I don't care what people say. If you won't let me have the car, I'll call a taxi. I forbid you. Put down that phone. Operator, I want a taxi. I don't know the number, but get it for me. Very well, Hester. Mrs. Phelps. What have you done? Operator. It's dead, Hester. She pulled the cord clear out. You'd do anything, wouldn't you, to get your way? You are the only person in the world who has ever forced me to do an undignified thing. I shall not forget it. Oh, Christine, it isn't true what she said. He did want to marry me. He did. Of course he did, darling. I won't stay. I won't stay under that woman's roof. Christina, you mustn't stay either. She'll do the same thing to you she's done to me. You'll see. You'll see. Hester's darting, excitable nature is the first to break under the strain as it meets the force of Mrs. Phelps' resentment head-on. Christina, too, has felt the icy chill of this mother's relentless scheming. But let us regain our composure as we listen to the words of Kenneth Banghart speaking for the Ford Motor Company. One day, very soon, you'll be walking along the street, and suddenly, you will stop short. You will stop to look at a car. A new car you'll be seeing for the first time. A new car so beautiful that you won't be able to pass without stopping. One day very soon you'll be stopped short by the sight of a new 1949 Lincoln. The car will be so new, so completely restyled, so long and low and lovely, so beautiful that you will have to read the name to learn what make of car it is. But once you have read the flowing script that spells out Lincoln or Lincoln Cosmopolitan, you'll never forget it. After that, whenever you see a supremely beautiful automobile passing by, you'll know it's one of the two completely new 1949 Lincolns. One day very soon, perhaps this week, you will see a car so beautiful, so powerful, so luxurious, you will know there is the fine car. Nothing could be finer or newer. One day very soon, you will see a new Lincoln. The second act of the Silver Chord will be heard after a brief pause for station identification. Mrs. Phelps and Hester, which closed Act One, you will recall that Robert slipped out of the living room and went upstairs. Later, David was sent upstairs, too, to see if his younger brother was all right. Act Two of The Silver Cord opens in Robert's bedroom as David enters. Mother sent me up here to talk to you, Rob. Where is Mother? Still downstairs. I don't think much of the way you acted tonight. What's the matter with you, anyhow? 
Can't you be a little easier on me, Dave? Didn't you ever feel any doubts when you were engaged? I was too darn scared I wouldn't get Chris to have any doubts. I never had one comfortable moment from the time Hester accepted me. Well, I suppose getting married does take a little nerve. Well, you think I haven't any nerve? You want to make me look like a heel, don't you? All right, I'll be a heel. I don't care what people think, but I'll tell you one thing. You're not going to turn mother against me. Do what? You heard me. Haven't you outgrown that old stuff yet? And isn't it time you let go of mother's apron strings? You would say that. Then are you two boys quarreling? What's the matter? Nothing. You've been criticizing your brother, haven't you, Davy? But surely you could see that Hester isn't worthy of Robin. Isn't she? Oh, if you'd heard the things she said to me downstairs after you'd left the room, you'd know. I'm sorry for Hester. I think you've both given her a dirty deal. And Chris must think so, too. Perhaps you'll tell me what Christina would say if she knew the true reason for Robin's break with Hester. What is the true reason? Tell him, Robin. I broke with her because of an ideal. The ideal of womanhood that mother gave us both by being the great woman she is. I know I couldn't be happy with any woman who fell short of her. What becomes of your dirty deal now, Davy? I'm not going against that ideal, mother. That's another thing. You couldn't have troubled much about it when you married. Oh, you shouldn't have said that, Robin. I haven't had Christina's advantages. I'm not a trained scientist. Now, don't take this out on Chris, mother. I think I know a little of a mother's duty toward her daughter-in-law. Davy, I want to talk to you alone in your own room for a while. And before you two quarrel again, stop and think that you're all I have and try to consider me. It isn't much to ask and it won't be for long. You know what the doctors say about my heart. Dr. McClintock tells me I may go at any minute. Robin, come to my room a little later. I may need you to... Comfort me. Davy, just now, when your brother and I most needed your loyalty, you've hurt me more than I've ever been hurt in all my life, even by your father. I didn't mean to hurt you. You've shown me clearly that what I most dreaded has already come to pass. What? You've broken the bond between us. You've discarded me. Oh, I haven't done any such thing. Don't say any more. I know what I know. But I didn't mean... I didn't know what I was talking about in there. Rob gets me sore, that's all. You and I are the same as we always were, Mother. Why, if anything came between us... There, I... that's all I wanted you to say. Oh, I was wrong to be hurt, but then you've always been my son. Robin is more like his father. No, oh, let's forget it. You are happy, aren't you, Davy boy? Really happy? Couldn't be happier. Oh, I'm so glad. Anyone can see the difference between Christina and Hester. But you mustn't be impatient with your wife if she seems a little resentful of our family at first, a little jealous. Oh, well, not Chris. Oh, darling, I know she's perfect, but she's human. Young wives, especially when they're going to have a child, are often possessive and exacting and selfish. Well, we needn't worry about that. We'll all be so happy together, won't we? You bet. Building our houses in Phelps Manor. But the important thing for you, Davy, is a sense of proportion about your marriage. You, you mustn't be impatient with Christina. Because if you are, I'll take sides against you. Oh, you are a wonderful woman, Mother. You're the one who's wonderful. 
Most boys of your age would let their wives undermine all their old associations and loosen all their old bonds of loyalty. Oh, Chris wouldn't try that. She mightn't want to, but jealous people think things that aren't so and say things that aren't true. Morbid things. Morbid things? Chris? Only you won't take her seriously. But Chris wouldn't. As I said to her this afternoon, Christina, I said, I can't allow you to sacrifice David. Chris sacrificed me? How? Why, by taking you away from your magnificent opportunity here. Oh. Be master in your own house, Davy. Meet her selfishness with firmness. Her jealousy with fairness. Her exaggerations with tolerance. What exaggerations? Well, you know, a young wife might possibly make the mistake of, well, taking sides in what happened downstairs, for instance, without fully understanding. Well, you can see how fatal that would be. But if you face the fact, Davy boy, face nothing but facts always, your marriage will be a happy one. And when you want advice, come to Mother always. I will, Mother. Bless you, my dear big boy. waited till your mother left before I came in, David. Well, why, Chris? You're one of the family now. How's Hester? Quiet now, I think. I put her to bed. You look pretty stern, Chris. I had a time with her, David. But I wouldn't be surprised if she's really in luck. Maybe you're right. David? Yes? Who do you love? You? Why? I wanted to hear you say it. David, let me ask you a question. Do you think of me as different from all the other women in the world? I'll bite. Do I? Please answer. It's awfully important to me just now. Of course I do. Because that's how I feel about you and all the men in the world. Because that's what being in love has to mean and being happily married. Two people together by themselves, miles and miles from everybody, everybody else. Chris... You're getting the worst habit of working yourself up over nothing. And don't you realize, David, that the blackest sinner on earth is the person who breaks in on that feeling? Or tampers with it in any way? If you say so, I'll say he is. He? Hmm? Never mind. Your brother didn't feel that way about Hester, did he? Oh, Rob always was a funny egg. And from all I can gather, Hester didn't feel much of any way about him. I know better than that. I've had that child on my hands for the past hour. I've learned a lot, David, about her and from her. David, how long are we staying? Well, we can't stay less than a week, can we? Can't we? Well, don't you want to stay? No. Listen, Chris, I I'm just as cut up over what's happened as you are, but we can't take sides, and I certainly don't want to run away leaving Mother in the lurch after this. Think what Rob's put her through today. She seems to be bearing up. Oh, you can't be sure with Mother. She'd never let anyone see Anyhow, I've got to look around. What at? Phelps Manor? Oh, Chris, I can't be throwing away opportunities now, can I, with the baby coming? No, David. Of course you can't. Neither can I. How do you mean? Forgotten all about my opportunities, haven't you? What opportunities? My fellowship. Oh, well, didn't Mother say you could work at the hospital? Well, what are you crying for? I'm not crying. Well, I can't help it. All this tonight, and... Chris, I don't think it's fair for you to judge my home and family on what happened tonight. You're apt to be impatient, Chris, and I'm afraid you're intolerant. Those are bad faults in a scientist, aren't they? They're bad faults in anyone. Now, you just give me time and you'll see how things straighten out. 
I believe in facing facts, always. But don't you worry. Mother gets on my nerves sometimes, too. We just have to remember she's not well, Chris. Isn't she? I told you, her heart. All her life, she's gone through so much for Rob and me. David, we've got to leave here tomorrow. No, Chris. We've been all over that. But not to the bottom of it. Well, what more is there to say? That a defenseless, trusting young girl has been cruelly treated. We've got to take sides with her, David. I don't see it. What have you put over your eyes that keeps you from seeing it? Do you dare answer that? Dare? What do you mean? Face the facts, David. Face the facts. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. Cruelty to children isn't a molehill. You're exaggerating. Hester's engagement isn't the first that was ever broken. Think how it was broken and by whom. You said yourself she was in luck to get rid of Rob. I'll grant you that. I haven't any more use for Rob than you have. Who stands behind Rob? I don't know what you mean. Don't you? I don't. I'm just telling you I won't let Mother down. You'd rather stand by your mother than by the right, wouldn't you? Oh, the right. Isn't Hester the right? I can't help it if she is. I won't let Mother down. You'll let me down. You'd rather stand by your mother than by me, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. I tell you, Hester's none of our business. Well, you'll admit this is. What is? This. Who comes first with you? Your mother or me? Why ask such a question? Because I love you. Because I've got to find out if you love me. And I'm afraid. Why? I've been through the most awful experience of my life tonight. And I've been through it alone. I'm still facing it alone. No, Chris. I've shown you what you should do and you won't see it. That's what I'm afraid of, David. Your mother's hold on you. I've seen what she can do with Robert. I've seen what she's done to Hester. I can't help wondering what she may do to you and me and our child. That's why I'm asking you to take a stand on this business of Hester's, David. You'll never find the right any clearer than it is here kind of a test case for me. Don't you see? What you decide about this is what you may eventually be expected to decide about our marriage. I'll be darned if I see. And I can't hope for much, can I? What am I going to do? I hope you're going to behave. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, just as I was bringing Mother around to you. You're wasting your time trying to bring your mother and me together. You say you believe in facing facts. Well, let's see you face that one. I've never heard anything so outrageous when you know what mother means to me. Your mother, your mother, always your mother. She's got you back. Davy, her big boy who ran off and got married, she's got you back. I won't stand for any more of this. A man's mother is his mother. And what is his wife, may I ask? Doesn't she count? This is morbid rot. She warned me you'd be jealous of her. Did she? But I never expected anything like this. What's going to become of me? Hester's escape, and I'm caught. I can't go back to be the old Christina again. And Christina, your wife, doesn't even exist. I'm going to have a baby by a man who belongs to another woman. Mother. So you were listening, Mrs. Phelps. Good. We know now where we stand. All three of us. Chris, can't you tell her you didn't mean it? Christina isn't one to say things she doesn't mean. And I've no intention of defending myself. Chris, you'd better go. I ask her to stay. She's made me afraid ever to be alone with you again. She must have made you afraid to be alone with me, too. Oh, nonsense, Mother. She hasn't done anything of the sort. 
Go on, Tris. It's the least you can do after what you've said. The very least. I belong with Hester now. Mother, I'll straighten everything out in the morning. I swear I will. This is an old story, Davy, and I'm on Christina's side, just as I said I'd be. You are? I accept my fate. You have your own life to live with the woman you've chosen. No boy could give me back the love I gave you. Go to Christina, make your life with her. No tie binds you to me any longer. Oh, that isn't true. I'm not complaining. I'm only sorry for one thing. I'm sorry to see you throw away your chance here, your great chance. But I haven't thrown it away. I'll stay here and work for you if you still want me to. Christina won't let you, you know that. She's my wife, isn't she? Think what that means, Dave. And you're my mother. I'm thinking what that means, too. Then it isn't goodbye. Then I've still got my big boy after all. You bet you've got him. Oh, Davy. Davy boy. Dave! Robert! Mrs. Phelps! Chris, what's the matter? She's gone. Hester's gone. Gone? What on earth is happening out here? Is it a fire? What's going on? Rob, something's happened to Hester. She's gone. I couldn't sleep. I thought maybe she couldn't. I went to her room. She's not downstairs either. Is it a fool? David, you'll have to get dressed and find her. She can't get to town tonight in the cold. All right. We'll have to look. Oh, wait. I'll look out your window, Dave. Let her go, Robin. But Mrs. Phelps, she isn't properly dressed. She didn't even take her coat. Hester! Oh, my Lord, Chris. Rob, what is it? The pond, look. She's fallen in. Oh, the hole's in the pond. David, quick, for heaven's sake. Rob, come on. I'm coming. Hester! Hester! Hurry, David, hurry. Hold on, Hester. Don't struggle. Rob and David are coming. Oh, I have no patience with people who have hysteria. Mrs. Phelps, the girl's drowning. Oh, no. No, she can't. They've got to save her. They... Oh, but the boys haven't. Robin, you're not dressed. Davy, come back and get your coat. Are you crazy? Do you want to catch pneumonia? Mrs. Phelps. gloves are off now. The barriers are down. Civilization is only skin deep, they say. Well, so it seems in the case of Mrs. Phelps. But Christina is made of tougher stuff than Hester, as we shall see. A moment's pause now to relax and listen again to Kenneth Banghart with an important announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, the Lincoln Mercury Division of the Ford Motor Company proudly announces the two completely new 1949 Lincolns. This coming Thursday... The two completely new 1949 Lincolns will be on display at your Lincoln Mercury dealer's showroom. Thursday, you'll be able to see the 1949 Lincoln and the 1949 Lincoln Cosmopolitan in two separate price ranges, products of the investment of millions of dollars and the work, plans, and dreams of thousands of men. Newly engineered, newly styled, newly created, new in beauty, new in performance, new in comfort, completely new. 
Make it a point to visit your Lincoln Mercury dealer Thursday to see the 1949 Lincoln and the 1949 Lincoln Cosmopolitan because seeing them is the only way you'll be able to realize their full beauty. Words or pictures cannot do justice to the new Lincoln look, the breathtaking style, the massive breadth, the sweeping lines of these new cars, the strong, eager, hug-the-road appearance that symbolizes the magnificent power, performance, and luxury of the new Lincolns. Lift the great hood and look. There is a completely new engine, designed, built, and proven to be a masterpiece of engineering. Eight cylinders, V-type, 152 horsepower strong. This new Lincoln power plant was created with aviation precision to give you the finest performance you've ever had. And the two new Lincolns have been designed so that this magnificent engine is integrated into superbly functioning automobiles. The new Lincolns float over the roughest roads because of their completely new spring suspension. They take curves without slowing or swaying because of their new low centers of gravity, their perfect balance, and their new super balloon tires. They will cradle you in the smoothest riding comfort and the highest style you've ever known. The new Lincolns were created to bring you a new experience in driving luxury. If you're ready for a completely new car... If you're ready for a truly fine car, ready for new beauty, new performance, new luxury, if you're ready for the finest, you're ready to look at Lincoln. Visit your Lincoln Mercury dealer Thursday. Look at the two completely new 1949 Lincolns. Look and you'll know nothing could be finer or newer. Lincoln. David and Robert managed to pull Hester out of the pond before she froze or drowned. It's the next morning, and Hester's lying between warm blankets in her bed, asleep in utter exhaustion. The doctor has just examined her and is talking to Christina. And you think she can leave when she wakes, doctor? Traveling won't be as bad for her as staying here. I don't think so either. It's a good thing you were here last night. You did all that was necessary. Otherwise... Yes, I know. That phone pulled out by the roots... What was Mrs. Phelps thinking of? You'd be surprised what she was thinking of. No, I wouldn't be surprised. I've known her for years. Oh, I hope she isn't coming here. Oh, it's you, Robert. How is Hester, Doctor? She's doing well enough, but no thanks to you, Robert. Look here, Dr. McClintock. I didn't mean Shh, for her... you wake her. Better step into the hall. Never mind. I only wanted to ask how she was. I have something to say to you. Oh, what? Just this, Robert. I wanted to say it for a long time. You're a weakling, and you always have been. But the whole blame doesn't rest with you. I don't see how you could have been anything else with a mother like yours. I won't stand here and listen to you speak of my mother like that. Then why don't you run to her? It's what you always do. Go on, before I say a great deal more. You'll never come into this house again. <laughs> I don't know why I've been coming all these years, anyhow. You're her personal physician, aren't you, Doctor? Yes. And for what? She's as healthy as a horse. What? I suppose she's been whining to you, too, about her heart. There's nothing the matter with her heart and never has been. It would take a stick of dynamite to kill her. So she's even lied about that. Used it as a weapon with her sons. It brings them to heel every time. No, there's nothing wrong with Mrs. Phelps. Except an unbroken umbilical cord. <laughs> Thank you. 
Am I a weakling, Mother? Of course you're not, Robin. But I did drive Hester to... You did nothing of the kind. She's the weakling, not you. You were a man. You faced the truth. And she trying to drown herself. For heaven's sake, don't put it that way. She she tried to run away, that's all. Got lost in the dark and... I've always suspected there was insanity in her family. That's another reason why you shouldn't have married her. I shall certainly tell everyone that Hester is insane. Poor Hester. Poor Hester, indeed. We're well rid of her. I'm sorry, Mother, but I think I'm going to regret losing Hester all my life. Robin, you don't mean you'd go back to her? Maybe the doctor and Dave are right about me. Maybe I am too weak to love anyone. Yes, I will go back to her if she'll have me. Robin, come here and sit beside me. No. Look, there's Dave putting signs up around the pond. When it's too late, he puts up signs. Mother, how can I face people? This story will be all over town. I've thought of that, dear. The Paris sails on Saturday... I'll wire for passage right away. You and I will be on that ship. Just you and I, darling. And all this behind us. Mother, you shouldn't have come out here in the snow. It's too cold. I'm all through, anyhow. I wanted to talk to my boy, Davy. What's the doc say about Hester? She's leaving today. I'm glad she's well enough. There was never anything the matter with her. Well, it's easy to see you don't often bathe in this pond in zero weather. Mother, I've been thinking. All things considered, after last night, I think it's best for me to take Chris away tomorrow, say. If you like. We can come back when things are cooled down. Yes, And I hold nothing against Christina, Davy. I understand everything. I knew you would. What I'm wondering now is what I'm to do with Robin. If I were able to stand the things I used to before my heart went back on me. But as I am, and with Robin on the verge of a complete breakdown... Rob? Yes, oh, I saw all the signs just now. I've got to get him away. Send him to the Riviera. I don't think he ought to go alone. He can't face things alone. Why not go with him? Because I'm not well enough in case anything should happen. Oh, Davy boy, do you think... What? That Christina could spare you for a little, just long enough to get Rob and me settled in some restful place. Do you think she would? Of course, I'd love to have Christina too, but I'm afraid that would be asking too much. I mean, making her put off her work when she's so set on it. But Rob isn't going to give you any trouble. Do you think I'd ask such a sacrifice of you and Christina if I weren't sure it's absolutely necessary? Oh, I'm not thinking of myself. I no longer matter, except that I wouldn't want to die abroad with only Robin there in his present condition. Don't talk that way, Mother. I'm not asking you to be sorry for me. It's Robin I'm thinking of. Now that I'm old and sick and dying, I can't cope with him. Get hold of yourself, Mother. When I think that I haven't much more time, a few months or weeks, I don't know. Mother, Mother, what's the matter? Don't call anyone. I'll be all right. There. There. Better. You scared me to death. You see, I... I do need somebody to help. Yes, I see you do. Uh, When would we be sailing? 
Well, I had thought vaguely of sailing on the Paris Saturday. Good Lord, give a man time to think. I want to do the right thing, but I couldn't leave Chris, not with the baby coming. Oh, but you'll be home in plenty of time for that. Well, I... Uh... I've got to talk to Chris. Oh, Davy boy, how wonderful it'll be. The three of us together again. Mother, please lie there on the couch. Dave and I don't want you to have another attack. Where is Davy, Robin? He's coming right now. Davy. Well, I explained to Chris, Mother. Did she say it was all right? I didn't ask her if it was all right. I simply told her. Oh, Davy, darling. Dave, here comes Chris now. Oh, Chris. What's the idea? Why the suitcase? I'm leaving with Hester, David. Are you coming too? What? Now? In a few minutes. I came down ahead. No, don't go, Mrs. Phelps. And you stay too, Robert. I think it's best for us to thresh this question out together for good and all. What question, Christina? The David question. Whether David is going on from this point as your son or as my husband. What? Isn't that the issue? I can't go through this a second time. Chris, haven't you any consideration for our feelings? Are they nothing to you? I'm trying to save my love, my home, my husband and my child's father. Are they nothing to you? Well, surely I can be a good son and a good husband, too. Not if your mother knows that you can't. She won't allow you to divide your affections. And I refuse to go on living with you on any basis she will allow. David! Your mother is a legend she's built up of herself as a great woman for her sons to worship. Well, it hasn't taken me long to see that she's not fit to be anyone's mother. Now, Chris, see, let here. her go on. She'll explain that or retract it. I'll be glad to explain it. It's what I've been leading up to. And I'll begin by saying that if my child ever feels about me the way your sons feel about you, I hope somebody shoots me, because I'll deserve it. This is too much. Stop this, Chris. I'm going to finish. Mrs. Phelps, why do you resent the fact that I'm going to have a baby? I don't resent it. You're afraid that baby will give me another and stronger hold on David. And you mean to separate David and me if it's humanly possible? I do not. Did you or did you not bend every effort to separate Hester and Robert? I most certainly did not. Can you deny that your one idea is to keep your sons dependent on you? Can you deny that you oppose any move that either one of them makes toward independence? Can you deny that you're outraged by their natural impulses toward other women? I deny all of it. Well, deny it till you're black in the face. But you're a type that's very well known... A self-centered, self-pitying, sun-devouring tigress. Look at your sons if you don't believe me. You've swallowed Robert up until there's nothing left except a weak make-believe. And David. If I hadn't come along to save him, you'd have swallowed him up too. And what makes you doubly dangerous is that people admire you and your kind... You professional mothers. I only hope Davy sees now the kind of woman he's married to. I hope he sees the sordidness, the hardness, and the nastiness she offers him for his life. I'm not nasty. I'm not. What have you to offer, David? A chance to work on his own. A chance to be himself. A chance to share with me the burden of raising our child, the pleasure of my society, the solace of my love. Can you offer so much? I offer a mother's love. 
Or perhaps you scoff at that. Not if it's kept within bounds. And what do you mean by within bounds? The way I love my child. Unpossessively and above all, unromantically. I suppose that's biology. You don't know the difference between good and evil. As a biologist, I know sterility when I see it, and sterility is what you offer David. Well, David. I think this has gone far enough. No. I have something to say. I was 20 when I was married. Before we'd been married a week, I saw my illusion shattered. I knew how miserable and empty my marriage was. Poor mother. My husband never dreamed of bringing the least atom of happiness into my life or of romance. But I found it, and I am proud to have found it where you say it doesn't belong. In motherhood. I won't stoop to answer any of the foulness you've charged me with. It's beneath my dignity as a woman and my contempt as a mother. I don't offer Davy a love half dedicated to personal ambition, as you do. I offer him a clear field ahead and a complete love to sustain him. A mother's love. And I do not deny that I would do anything to rid my son of you. Mother. That is how I answer you, Christina. Well, it's a very plausible and effective answer. I'm sure you mean it, and I believe you're sincere. But it is the answer of a woman whose husband let her down badly and who's turned for compensation to her son. I'm almost sorry I can't say more for it. But I can't. And the fact remains, David, that she did separate us last night. And she separated us because she couldn't bear the thought of our loving each other as we do. That's only the beginning. Now she's trying to separate us at a time of all times when a man should be with his wife. And from there, you know where it will lead, David. And so does she. So do I. You're exaggerating. You're making... Is that your answer? I see it is. Chris, what do you expect me to say? I don't know. I've never known. Are you ready, Chris? Yes, Hester. Well, David, you're trapped. But I'm not. I'm going. Chris. Isn't David coming with us? I'm afraid not. Oh, Chris. Never mind. It can't be helped. Hester, can't we try again? Can't we? What? Robin? I I mean, what are you going to do now? I don't know. Yes, I do know. I'm going to marry an orphan. (laughs) Goodbye, David. Chris, you can't. It isn't fair. I'm sorry it had to come to this. It might easily have been. Come on, Hester. Chris. Mother. Chris! It's all right, son. No, it's not all right. We are trapped. I'm trapped. Don't say that. I'm going with her. Davy, don't go with that awful woman. That wicked woman. Don't leave me for her, Davy, boy. Davy! My boy! Oh. Oh, he's gone. Let him go. He's the weakling now. I loved him too much. I'd been too happy. Troubles had to come. I must be brave. Poor mother. I must remember I still have one of my great sons, my own Robin. I've always said you were like me and David, like his father. Yes. And you always remember what David in his blindness has forgotten. That mother loves, suffereth long, and is kind. Envieth not, is not easily provoked. 
beareth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. At least my love does. Yes, Mother. Yes. hesitate, ladies and gentlemen, to add one word of comment to the moving play you've just heard, unless it is to say, thank heaven, Mrs. Phelps is not a typical mother. I would like to acknowledge here the magnificent performance of Evelyn Varden, who played Mrs. Phelps in Nancy Moore's expert radio adaptation of The Silver Cord. Our thanks also to Barbara Weeks, who played Christina, and Les Tremaine, who was David. Next Sunday afternoon... The Ford Theater will present a rollicking comedy, Personal Appearance, by Lawrence Riley. It was an outstanding movie and Broadway success, and we know you will thoroughly enjoy its sparkling situations. The Silver Cord was written by Sidney Howard and edited by Howard Teichman. The music was composed and conducted by Lynn Murray. The entire production was under the direction of George Zachary. In today's play, Hester was played by Elaine Rost, Robert by John Sylvester, and the Doctor by Gene Leonard. Next week, personal appearance. The Ford Theater is presented by the Ford Motor Company, makers of Ford trucks, farm tractors, and motor coaches, and Ford Mercury and the two completely new 1949 Lincoln cars. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.